0: Um, our gospel this morning is from John chapter 14, verses 15 through 21. Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned, I am coming to you. In a little while the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you and me and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them, and I will reveal myself to them the gospel of the Lord. This morning's gospel, it's the sixth Sunday after Easter's good news, remember. We're called to still be celebrating Jesus' resurrection, but we're taken back in time, back a few chapters in the narrative of the story, to before Jesus was crucified, before he died, before he was buried. He just washed the disciples' feet before we heard what we heard just a moment ago. He'd just given them the greatest command to love one another the way they had already first been loved so well by him. And then he goes about preparing them for what's coming next. Jesus is talking to and he's teaching the people he loves most about what to expect when it's all said and done. Not just the crucifixion, not just the dying, not even just his resurrection, but Jesus is talking about what to expect after he returns to the Father again, when he's no longer living and moving and breathing in the world in quite the same way they'd come to know and love and expect, maybe. And Jesus knows, as you might imagine, that this would be hard for them, He knows they will have endured a lot already, that their faith will have waxed and waned and come and gone and flourished and faltered and failed in a million different ways by then. So I think Jesus connects his bodily death and resurrection, his physical death and burial and his physical resurrection, to what will happen for his followers when he's ultimately taken up and taken away again, when the Holy Spirit comes to be with him in the days that follow his ascension into heaven, it seems to me like Jesus is anticipating whatever questions and anxieties and doubts and fears, whatever else, they might have felt to be without him yet again. So when I wonder about this, when I wonder about what it's like to be without Jesus, to miss him, to doubt God maybe, to question my faith, When I think about all that, I'm drawn back into those moments of despair between Good Friday and Easter morning, when all seemed lost, when death seemed to have had the last word, when evil and despair and sin snuffed out all hope, when his disciples, his family, when his friends and his followers thought, for really good reason, that God had failed them. Because in those moments, they would have forgotten so much of what they had been told and taught along the way. Because in those moments, they would have forgotten what we just heard Jesus had promised them. He said, I will not leave you orphaned. I'm coming to you. That's a beautiful promise. For the hours between Good Friday's grief and Easter's joy, don't you think? I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. It's a beautiful, hopeful promise for the days following his ascension, too. I will not leave you orphaned. I'm coming to you. And it's a beautiful promise for all of us still. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. Because it's a short walk, I think, from the empty tomb of joy and celebration and good news back into the world of despair and fear and bad news. Another Friday rolled around after that first Easter Sunday morning, after all, for the people in Jesus' day and for the rest of us just the same. There is still a virus to contend with, for starters. There is still isolation and division and racism and poverty. There is still uncertainty about the economy, there's still political division, there's still sexism and injustice and hunger, there are surgeries to schedule, there are diagnoses to come, and death. Death still looms for us, on the other side of God's empty tomb, even. Which is why we need this reminder from Jesus, this promise that God will not ever leave us orphaned. God is always coming to us. God is always chasing after us, always making a way into our hearts and into our lives, even when we're not sure that's possible. But what does that mean? Who in the world is this advocate? What is the Holy Spirit? When and how will he reveal himself to me? Us? Where and how can I look for her in my life and in this world? How might I introduce them, this Holy Spirit, this advocate, this comforter, to someone who's even more uncertain or more unsure about all this than I am on my worst days? To tell you the truth, I probably would not break out the Bible at first. I wouldn't necessarily preach a sermon or tell them to take a class. I don't even think I'd suggest they show up for worship. Right away. Instead, I think I might suggest they take a look in the mirror. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. See, when I think about how to explain to someone about the presence of God in their life, or if or when I need a reminder of that myself, I think maybe it would help for all of us to look in the mirror and to see in our own capacity to love our own children just an inkling of God's ability to love the world. And if you don't have children, I hope you were loved well by a parent, or a grandparent, or a sibling, or a teacher, or a coach, or a friend somewhere along the way, and I hope you loved back with some measure of passion, some measure of patience, some measure of grace and mercy and forgiveness. I think that's why Jesus talks so much about a father when he describes God to the disciples. The love of a parent on their best days is like a picture of God's love for the world. The love of a parent on their best days is just a measure of how deep and faithful and everlasting God's love is for each and every one of us. The love of a parent on their best days is just a portion of the love that comes our way from the God who made us. And I think something like that is true when it comes to the Holy Spirit, too. This advocate, this comforter, Jesus talks about in this morning's gospel. Jesus says, this is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and because he will be in you. You already know this Holy Spirit because this advocate abides with you and because this Holy Spirit will be and is in you already. So I wonder again about the mirror, or maybe, even though we're having some technical glitches this morning, about the digital pixelated version of yourself. I hope some of you can see on the screen before you. Can you find yourself? Take off the speaker view, maybe, and pull up the gallery, and give yourself a good, long, loving look right now. And can you imagine that the Holy Spirit looks like whoever is staring back at you, What if the Holy Spirit is you and me acting like Jesus for the sake of the world? You know him because he abides with you and because he will be in you. What if the Holy Spirit is you sitting with someone who's sick or praying for someone who doesn't even know they're on your mind or forgiving someone you never thought you could? What if the Holy Spirit sounds just like you saying you're welcome, or saying, I love you, or saying, I'm sorry, or saying, you're forgiven? What if the Holy Spirit is you taking the chance to do something new for the sake of the gospel? What if it's you inviting someone to worship or volunteering to serve in a new way or giving more money or more time or more love than you ever thought you had to give? What if the Holy Spirit is actually you? the face that looks back at you in the mirror, the face that you can see maybe on your screen right now, whenever you live out the promise of your baptism into Jesus Christ, as you bear his love and share his grace and work his kind of justice and peace in the world. And what if, what if the Holy Spirit is alive and well and in and around you in all the faces that surround you on your screen right now just the same? You know him, after all, because he abides with you and because he will be in you. The Holy Spirit of God is in and through and under all that we are up to as God's people, living out our faith the best way we know how. We are called to love one another, to forgive one another, to comfort and share with and support and uplift and pray for and pray with one another, knowing that we are never abandoned, never alone, never forsaken or forgotten thanks to the love that is ours and because of the love that's ours to share in Jesus Christ, our Lord, crucified and risen for the life of the world, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.